Leighton Vander Esch will not be returning for the Dallas Cowboys this season. How much does this hurt the defense moving forward? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we got some uh, breaking news for the Cowboys that happened earlier this morning on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, Jerry Jones uh, announced that Leighton Van Der Esch would not be returning uh, this season as he continues to deal with a neck injury. It's not all that surprising. But we did get some news that, hey, it was maybe a four- to six-week injury when it first happened. So I, I just want your overall thoughts on where we are at with Clayton Van Rush. Well, I, I mean, the first thing here is that I feel terrible for Leighton, you know. I mean, just for him to battle back from these injuries and then to have another one and then, uh, you know, have a third and, and to, to – look, when this injury happened – you know, the, the prognosis was what it was, but I think we all kind of in the back of our minds were like, man, he's already had a really serious neck injury. Mm-hmm. It's another neck injury. Uh, I, you know, part of me at the time was like, I don't know what the prognosis is, but I can't imagine that it's good for Leighton Vanderish to be playing football right now. Um, and I think that we had kind of heard whispers in the wind that that you know that that may be the case, and that it, it may be he may be you know taking a little bit longer than expected to return. I have to be honest, Marcus. I kind of felt like I felt like at the very least we weren't going to see him this season, anyways. You know, so that's kind of where I was at when it first happened. Like maybe there's an outside chance you get him back for the playoffs, but I wasn't expecting anything more. Yeah. And, and I think the other aspect of this is that, you know, uh, from the Cowboys point of view, right. And obviously that's what this podcast is about. Uh, you know, they feel like you found a burgeoning superstar at the position at Marquis Bell, who's continued to play incredible throughout these last few weeks. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, that's just the Cowboys side of things, right? Like, you know, as far as what are we doing with replacing the player, but, I think it's it made the decision to kind of go to Leighton and say, "Hey, like, we don't we don't need you to rush back from this at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to make sure that you're healthy. We'd love to have you back in the future if that's possible, but like, we shouldn't even be consi- like this season shouldn't be in consideration. No. Whether or not you're healthy to ever play again should be the consideration. And honestly, like, after what we're ta- I mean, for what we're talking about, like." I'm not a medical professional, but I just I can't imagine that it's worth it at this point for Leighton Vanderesh to get back onto a field after having suffered several of these neck injuries. Yeah, and especially when you consider like 
he was a first round pick who played out his rookie contract. He got a second deal from the Cowboys and then he got a third yeah. deal from the Cowboys. He's on, he's, he's got the NFL's pension now that he's played so yep. many games. Like if, if this ends up being it, and I certainly hope it's not, I I hope that Leighton Van Resch has the choice whether he wants yeah. to play or not. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it, this one's just really difficult. I'm trying to try to think about how that, how to say this, cause I don't want to reveal too much, but Neck injuries are just really hard. It's not like a broken foot or a, even or torn ACL or torn Achilles where you have a timeline. It's a lot of let's wait and see. And from what at least I know, it doesn't sound like the injury that he suffered this year. It's all that different than the one he suffered last year. Remember at the end of the year when he, yeah. he had the stinger, he missed the final four games of the season. And then he came back and played in the playoff games and actually played really well in both of the playoff games. Yeah. It just seems like he's not recovering as quickly as the Cowboys were anticipating or maybe not even recovering at all. And that's why the Cowboys – and I think it was purposeful. I think that there was a push to get this out. Basically, hey, do not rush back, Leighton Van Rush. We want you to be 100% healthy. Don't try to – don't feel like you're letting the Cowboys down if you're not yeah. ready to go by Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, and, and you know, any effort being made to try to like hurry him back – I mean, I don't want to be graphic, but like, uh, uh, what the the very last thing that any of us any of us want to see is Leighton Vanderesh laid out on that on the field, you know, unable to yeah. move, you know, yeah. and and that's the kind of thing we're talking about with neck injuries, yeah. you know. So it's it's extremely serious, and you know, like I think, you know, there are levels to these injuries, uh, but we have to re- remember that like the levels include extremely severe you know injury and to the point we haven't seen anything super severe short of what's happened to demar hamilton last year uh but we don't we we don't i'm sorry hamlin we don't want to like uh uh you know put anybody into position or or be responsible to putting anybody in position that that happens yeah late nevander is just a warrior and and he's going to try to do everything he can to push his body maybe maybe even unsafe things to try to get him back on the field I think it's important that the Cowboys came out and, and said, hey, look, there's no expectation. In fact, you're not going to be made active if, if even if you come back this year. It's not happening. Just to make sure that there's enough time given by the medical staff and by Layton himself so that he can make a smart decision for his future. I mean, yeah. we're talking about the rest of his life. He's 27 yeah. or 28 years old, for God's sake. Well, and I so, think that's the other thing. I'm not reporting any news or anything, but – Basically having Jerry Jones come out and say, hey, he's not coming back, gives him the option to where if he wants to have a surgery or is able to have a yeah. surgery, he can do that now and not have to worry about, okay, well, what if I potentially could get healthy two months from now and help out in the playoffs? Now he can make the decision what's best for him long term. Uh, so we wish Leighton Van Der Esch the absolute Absolutely. best. We hope that he gets healthy. Um just really quickly on the linebackers. So you mentioned yeah. Marquise Bell playing really well. Uh, Damone Clark has started every game. Another linebacker that dealt with some neck injuries coming yeah. out of LSU. Uh, I think we're going to see Rashawn Evans sign with on the 53-man roster this week. How do you think – how is that group kind of going forward to the rest of the season? Do you feel confident that they can get the job done? Yeah, I mean, honestly uh... – I feel weirdly better about the linebacker crew. Uh, I mean, not to be like that, but I mean, late Van Der Esch's injury obviously opened the door for a guy in Marquise Bell. And, and, and look, I mean, again, not trying to kick anyone while they're down, but uh, I mean, I think honestly, if Leighton Van Der Esch didn't have a neck 
and was coming back right now and was like, let's say this was a hammy instead of a, yep. of a, of a neck injury. I think there would be a very serious conversation as to whether or not he should be eating into Marquise Bell's playing time. I mean, and he wouldn't like, be a full-time starter if he yeah, was a hundred percent. I think, I think it would be more of a rotational situation, more of a, of a, you know, let's get him in and get him some snaps situation because you just, yes. I don't know that you could take Marquise Bell off the field. And Demo Clark has played extremely well too. I mean, he's just very, very solid, frankly, at a level that was probably as good, if not better than Leighton before Leighton got injured. So, and the reason uh, is it, the speed, right? You, you yeah. just see a noticeable difference in speed when Marquise Bell is on the field compared to Leighton Van Der Esch. Now, Van Der Esch helps you in other areas. Yeah, sure. But for Dan Quinn, speed is the number one thing. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that you've gotten some pretty good snaps out of Rash- uh, Rashawn Evans too, and I think that that's been really beneficial. I mean, he saw some very solid snaps, especially early in this game uh, against the Giants. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, he's kind of been slow playing this this whole situation, learning the defense a little bit more. Um, but he looks like a guy that can give you good, solid third linebacker snaps, right? Like. I think you feel better about Rashawn Evans signing now that you're considering him as the guy that's rotating in, as opposed to the guy that's taking Leighton Vander Esch's place. Now that we've seen that yeah. Marquise Bell, I, I mean, look, I, can we just take a moment and just say how incredible it is that Marquise Bell is still doing this and that, yeah. and that what, how much did he save that linebacker room by stepping up and being not just good, not just like, okay, not just the best linebacker on the team, but playing like, I mean, Pro Bowl level? I mean, frankly, like, it's, it, it's, it's not ridiculous to suggest that, right? Like, It's, it's wild incredible. that the Cowboys might have found two starting linebackers in the 2022 draft, and they didn't have to spend more than a fifth-round pick on the two players combined. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, Landon, we've got a bunch of things we need to talk about yeah, today because we watched the All-22 tape from Sunday's game. I want to talk about the offense, which is finally clicking for the Cowboys. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. Do you realize what this means? That means you can go on extended trips. You don't have to worry about supply chain issues. You are covered, my friend. Now you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just so that I could have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit, and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than ever. Uh, I highly recommend this for every single one, every, every single person. If you could, you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any of your daily meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if they're offered to you. Remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Football season is here and Lockdown is kicking up our coverage with Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Lockdown will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Hosts Tanisha Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. 
Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Landon, let's talk about the Cowboys offense. Uh, Early in the year, we thought that everything looked clunky. Nothing felt smooth about this offense at all. Over the last three or four games, it seems like things are starting to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a number of different factors. And 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 we've seen it like first, let's present the evidence, right? Like what we've seen is the operation just looking more advanced. We see more motions, more shifts, especially since the bye week. Uh, everything also while and, and that's the interesting thing is that those stuff, the, the pre-snap motion, the, the the shifts and everything, that can actually make it more difficult to kind of properly get the snap off you know execute everything because it's a lot to take care of the quarterback's got to make sure the motion happens you got to make sure that everyone's shifting in time that it doesn't incur a pre-snap penalty Uh, it's just a little bit more to take care of the fact that they've been able to kind of add more of that stuff while actually reducing the number of penalties uh, i think that that that's the kind of evidence that this team is uh, often specifically is just coordinated more you know it's just it just feels more in sync with each other i think there's a couple of different factors here one i think they really did some good work on the bye week it just feels like they they took the time to kind of do some self-scouting they added some elements that i felt like were needed including some of the motion and snap stuff i don't have the numbers in front of me but i think we've all seen on twitter the uh the increase in usage of those i think going from middle of the pack to top 10 suddenly right um I think those things, plus you know, a, a reduction, it seemed like in some of the kind of pre-snap penalties, I, I think it, it's contributed to just general continuity in the offense, having been in this offense for now nine weeks. Uh, but I think also the the offensive line continuity. We've now had, I think, what is it, three weeks, maybe four, where uh, you had you finally had your intentional starting offensive line in the lineup. Not in the role, but for the most part, right? Because for the Tyron's most part, missed, right? Yeah, Tyron missed a couple of games, but so, but and, and and so I think that that having those guys in and, and practicing week to week, I think has helped with their coordination a lot more. And then I also think that an underrated element of this that is, uh, uh, which is contributed to some of the really kind of cooler. And that was the next point I wanted to make was some of the cooler run stuff that we have been doing especially this week it felt like you saw a lot more of these kind of cooler tight toss plays they ran a a weak side counter that that dowdle ran for like 21 yards which was just Mm -hmm. gorgeous i think having blasco back since week eight has really kind of helped Mm -hmm. just the coordination between the offensive line and the running back room everything just seems tighter i think the running backs are seeing the holes better um and i also think that you know look it's still a case where it's t- it's tough slogging in the first half and that and then by the second half you're seeing the, the gains start to get more and more but i think that's how it's supposed to look um and, but i think in general you just look at this offense and there's less instances of of guys you know you still had you still had cooks and and, and cd running into each other on that one post route but outside of that like you didn't see a ton of these multiple wide receivers in the same spot or uh, 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 a false start where a guy, you know, didn't, you know, get the, the cadence correctly. It just feels like in general, the offense is gelling now in a way that they weren't previous to the buy. What really helps is when you have a left tackle who doesn't give up a pressure in back-to-back games. That's, that's really nice. It makes the offense a lot easier when you can go five man protections or six man protections and just know that your left tackle's not going to give up anything. 
it also helps when you have CD Lamb just catching eleven passes for 170 yards every single game. It makes offense a lot easier. Um, and I actually need to give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. Early in the yeah. year, the the Cowboys were very run heavy on first down. Now they they still are to a degree, but we are seeing that pass rate on first and second down go way up. They're just putting the ball in Dak Prescott's hands more often. And surprise, surprise, the offense is really good when that happens. Like it's shocking when your you know your elite quarterback gets to throw the ball forty times. Good things generally happen. Happen. So um, it also seems like, and I don't want to dog him, but it seems like the Cowboys have kind of phased out Michael Gallup on offense in the first half a little bit, and then kind of mix him in as the game goes on, rather than making a focal point right away. And it just seems like things are running much more smoothly. Yeah, I just feel like they're using a heavier rotation of all wide receivers, right? Yeah. You're seeing Jalen Brooks get out there and, and getting Jalen Scott or Jalen Brooks. Uh, I think it's still Brooks. Uh, uh, it's getting multiple getting multiple targets and opportunities. Uh, we didn't see too much of Tolbert, but he was out there a ton, uh, especially early in the game. Uh, so I, I just think that they are availing themselves of all the you know. They, they even talked about it in in, in the uh, interviews uh, on Monday, right? Is that it's important to get opportunities on offense and defense for every single player that's stressed out. Right. Uh, and, and I think that they've done a better job of that and, and, and it's actually helped them. Um, I, I think that plus I, they're starting to use these guys in a more sensible manner that I think befits their skill sets, especially cooks, right? You're seeing more of just not just sending him deep, uh, but trying to get him some work in the middle underneath uh, so that he can get away from defenders uh, and I think all those things are, are, are you know, good for, for the offense overall. And, and, and I think getting the opportunity for some of these guys like Brooks and, and Tolbert, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to pay dividends down the road, if, especially if there's an injury or anything. You know. But I, I think it's, it's going to be beneficial having multiple guys that you feel confident getting the ball to uh, in times that you really need to. And the other thing is we still have a few players on offense that haven't quite clicked like – Luke Schoonmaker yeah. dropped yeah. a pass on Sunday. Uh, Deuce Vaughn still has really no role in this offense. You know, Pat, what we saw him in the first couple of weeks of the season and then basically gone. Cavante Turpin didn't play on Sunday with yep. a shoulder issue, issue. The offense can still get better and more effective. Yeah. They've got other weapons they want to use. We even saw Jake Ferguson drop the pass. Uh, you know, so they can get even better, which should be terrifying for opposing defenses coming up. Yeah, I think that's really the thing, right, is that there's lots of talent on this team. But I think a couple weeks ago, it was tough for us to see how this improvement was going to come, you know, without changes in the offense. I think what we've seen is the changes in the offense have happened, and you're starting to see improved play from some of these players. It's made a a marked difference in the play of, like, Cooks and guys like that. So, Well, I also think it just just helps – I know it's not as simple as just giving CD the ball a lot, but sometimes yeah. it is, right? Like if, if you could at least get the offense going and get the chains moving, now that opens up other opportunities for other players. And that, it, it's I don't to me it's not a coincidence that CD has gotten what double digit targets in each of the last four games, and those are the no. four best offensive games that we've seen all season. Players just play well off of CD. Cooks is getting big matchups. You're seeing Ferguson become more involved in the red zone. Um, it really feels like the the plan on offense going forward should be how do we get CD 12 to 14 uh, targets a game and then kind of go from there. I think it's changed from, uh, you know, letting the defense pick their poison, you know, like who's open to 
we're spamming the CD button until you stop us. And then depending on how you try to stop us, that's who's getting the ball next. You know, well, so and it's been very common with teams like the Rams and Cooper Cup yep. and the Vikings with Justin Jefferson. And instead of, you know, having the defense kind of force what you do on offense, it's the other way. We're going to move our guy around and you have to react to what we're doing. And it's just made the Cowboys so much more dynamic on that side and, of the ball. And the only way to stop him is to do something drastic on defense. And once you've done something drastic on defense, then we'll take advantage yep. of it with our other players. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys' first-round rookie defensive tackle, Mozzie Smith, and how he played on Sunday next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. The Cowboys are going to be one of the favorites in survivor pools this week. They are, I think, an 11-point favorite against the Panthers. I know Landon has been worried about a trap game all weekend, but if you want to try to get your $150 in bonus bets right here, Cowboys probably not a bad bet on the money line. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Landon, finishing out our All-22 segment here. Let's talk about Mozzie Smith, who... If you look at like PFF grades, this was his best game of the season. Dan Quinn spoke glowingly about Mozzie Smith in yesterday's press conference. What did you see on tape? Yeah, it's definitely his best game. Uh, you know, he was able to make an impact early in the game. Specifically, uh, had a couple of different uh, tackles for loss. Um, I think he probably should have gotten a half sack on that. Uh, what was it Armstrong sack? I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think just you're just seeing a guy who's starting to get it a little bit. Even on the tackle for loss, it looked like he came off the ball a little bit late. Go back and watch the tape, and it was it, – it, I mean, he definitely still got off the ball late, but part of that was because he was doing uh, – being part of a twist, and, and he mm-hmm. was the late the late looper. I actually think that they need to do more of that because he's really hard to stop on the move. Uh, he's just so physically and physical and strong that if you can get him going, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's very, very difficult to stop. Um, I think the positive thing that we're seeing is that he's affecting the pass game as well. It's not just in the run game. He, he, I mean, he was, I mean, he didn't get the half sack, but he probably at least got a pressure and, and, and he was affecting the passer for sure. So uh, these are all positive signs. I mean, he's not, you know, necessarily broken out quite yet. Uh, but I, from what I understand, I think you said that he rated very highly as the highest defensive tackle on the team. He, I'm pretty sure he was also the highest uh, rookie, defensive. Defensive ta- rookie defensive yep. tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know Jalen Carter was off this week, but still, uh, that's still very good. So uh, I, I think that you know clearly, and, and and as you mentioned, Dan Quinn had talked about it that you, you see the arrow pointing up. I think you can see that on tape. The consistency is better than where it was. Uh, he's still kind of playing uh, somewhere in the area of twenty to twenty-five snaps, but. I, Which I think is a good number a good, for him. I kind of don't exactly. want him to get higher than that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think if we could just get a little more consistency on those 25 snaps, man, you're really going to have something in him. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of improvement there. Uh, uh, starting to have an effect on 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 offenses uh, on the stat sheet is not not just you know as a a, a cog in the middle of this defense, uh, but I think it's it's been really beneficial to have him on the field and get these snaps these last few weeks. I think he's he's you know shown them good stuff. 
Another reason why I don't really want to see his snap counts go over like 25, 27 is because Jonathan Hankins is playing That's really funny. well. Yeah. If you watch the all 22, I mean, he made several big plays in this game. I kind of like the idea of trying to keep both of these players f- fresh as we get into this wild stretch that we talk about every year with the Cowboys, I think play pretty sure it's four games in 18 days. The Cowboys are going to play. You're going to need these guys to be, you know, fresh, quick. You're going to need to use a heavy rotation. So I'm perfectly fine with the usage. Speaking of, I have to fully Mia culpa. Uh, Neville Gallimore had a really good game on Sunday and has going to cost him a lot of money to have that good game. I mean, that was his, I mean, come on, man, you can't do that. But, but outside of that, like, I feel like he, and he's been playing pretty decent football these last few weeks. I, I think, Everybody is fitting into their current roles very well at the defensive tackle room. I think that's ultimately what it is. You're not overplaying Hankins. You're able to keep him fresh, and that's why you're seeing such good Jonathan Hankins. Mozzie is starting to step up in his snap, so you're not having to hold your breath every other snap when he's on there. Now he's playing good football, and if if not positive football, uh, as he kind of ascends his way up. You're getting Gallimore in there with with uh, you know a couple positives. He's at least not being a, a major liability like no, he has no. been in the past. You're you're still seeing Golston and, and and all the other guys that are mixing in in there. And I, that was the other thing I should point out is that it felt like in this game you saw as many defensive ends playing defensive tackle um, as as possible because the Cowboys got up so early that they were pass rushing the whole time. So I think that that bit, the benefit of that is that by the end of the season having played in a ton of these kind of blowout games, you're, you might have a little bit fresher defensive tackle sure. rotation than you would have normally. So uh, yeah, I think Mozzie has been the guy that we should mention here, but I think that the trickle down effect for having more talented defensive tackles uh, in the room than they previously did last year has helped everybody across the board, including Osa. Uh, and, and, and I think it's just kept everybody a lot fresher. Uh, last thing on the defense before we head out. Dante Fowler had eight pressures on 18 snaps, which is absolutely wild. I saw Michael Parsons complaining on Twitter a little bit that you yeah. know maybe he didn't love his role this week having to play off the ball linebacker because he probably saw what Fowler was doing. It was like, man, it could have been Williams too. Williams yeah, I mean, also played really, really well. So yeah, I, I I I don't blame I don't blame Parsons, and I and I I, I kind of feel like you know. Uh, uh, there's 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 some thought that you know this this Leighton Vander Esch thing would would maybe mean more snaps for no. a linebacker. I would not anticipate that because no. I don't think he was thrilled with his line his no. his uh, situation this last week. So we'll see. I, I mean, again, he's always going to be kind of in the mix there a little bit, but uh, I think that the Cowboys knew that they could get to the the quarterback without having to use their crown jewel pass yeah. rusher. I don't think Michael liked having to take a, a week off from from covering Saquon Barkley on flat routes like he yeah. had a few times. I, I mean, they're friends, so I think it's okay. But I, I don't think they're that close. So uh, yeah, I think I think Michael wanted to get after this quarterback a little bit more than he did. And I'm sure he'll get a, a better opportunity. Yeah, week. I'm sure. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure that you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosier, at McCoolBCB. Uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube. Again, we'll be back here tomorrow answering your Twitter questions. We've got a crossover show on Thursday to get you ready for Cowboys Panthers, and then Landon, you and I back on Friday to get you ready for this trap game week 11. Is that fair? I mean, listen – 
I think it's a trap game. The question is whether the Cowboys will fall for the trap. That's the question. If right? we call it a trap game, we have every other Dallas Cowboy writer, podcaster that's, say a trap game. Maybe it won't be a trap game. That's, what I'm, that's, that's my plan. I just, I'm just telling everyone, just everyone call it a trap game. Then they'll get annoyed by, oh, it's a yeah. trap game. And then they'll work extra hard. We'll exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow.